This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to the Confident Collective Podcast. Ray. I legit feel like I have not seen or spoken to you in months. I know. And I really hate it (laughs) (laughs) because I feel the same way. And I was like, okay, I need to, we need to set a date. We need to go do something fun. We need to go to brunch. We need to do something because I'm like, when was the last time we've hung out? That's not been working on something. I know it's been a really, really long time. It really has in a long time. And I feel like I've been a bad friend. I've been like so busy and I haven't, (sighs) I need no we're, we're planning a hangout yes we need to do that but oh my gosh I'm so excited you finally moved okay tell us mm-hmm. all the things how is the new place sorry we just say in and out fries and I feel like they're my teeth no that you're good okay um it's fine it's just you <laughs> <laughs> and do I and do it um the new place is oh it's so cute it's like so charming and amazing I love it like I just feel like the natural light is streaming in it's amazing but I lost a lot of, not a lot. I lost one closet. So, which is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. It, are the closets that you have just as big? Mm-mm. A little smaller. Okay. So I need, like, you know this, furniture mm-hmm. is back order till the end of time. So mm-hmm. like stuff is just sitting out. My bed is on the floor, which I am a red flag. <laughs> wow. If I brought a guy back, he'd be like, this girl's a red flag. She has a no bed frame, but I have like parachute linen sheets on the bed <laughs> on the floor. I'm like, of course, <laughs> bougie. Um, so it's good. I think I'm just trying to be patient because I am the kind of person like I move in. I want to have everything perfect and moved in in like two days. And it, I need to chill the F out cause it's not going to happen. Um, so it's good, but I've just been, I'm also the type of person is I have a hard time focusing on other things when my environment around me is a disaster. So I'm just like need to be shooting this project. And then I'm like looking at curtain rods because I'm like, I have to get curtains on these windows now. And Basically, I just need to chill the hell out. So no, but I totally understand that because one, as you know, I have been waiting for furniture since August. The nightstands. The nightstands. <laughs> Guys, I think I said this on stories, but I was telling Ray, I ordered these nightstands. They're supposed to come in December and then they got back ordered to January. And then I followed up again. And in January, I emailed them. I'm like, hey, what's the status update on these nightstands? And they literally said, They'll be coming in December, like 11 months from then. Where did you order them from? Um, English Elm is the website. I've never heard of that. Anyways, don't shop there. Um, Did you cancel the order? Of course. Are you serious? That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, But what I will say is I'm the type of person that when I have a lot of work to do, I cannot do my work until my apartment is clean, at least the main living area first. So I totally get that where it's so hard to concentrate into other things. By the way, um, if you hear that little background sound, that is my ridiculously cute but absurdly annoying dog who is literally staring at Ran and begging for her fries. His like top lip was like curled up. He was like, give me those. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you don't need to eat them. They're mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better that you feel the same way too. And I'm not a complete psycho, but 
it just takes time. But okay, wh- what's new with you? Because it's been literally months. Well, it hasn't been, but it feels like. Oh my gosh. So my mom is in town, which is incredible. So sometimes I'm like, I am like 32 years old. Why do I feel like I need my mom to do everything? Like, why does it feel so much better to have my mom around? But it really does. Um, so that's been so amazing. And just seeing the baby with her is like literally the cutest thing ever. They both light up. It's so sweet. I, w- I, t- I was like, and the pictures you've been posting of Nico and your mom, Nico has the biggest smile on his face. I'm like, he is in heaven it's right now. So, so cute. But my mom, she comes into my place and she's like, we need to organize everything. She's like, we don't have time to waste. Christina. Can she come to my place? <laughs> she literally, she's like, last night, like 10 o'clock. She's like, should I go through the coat closet? <laughs> I was like, no, leave the coat closet alone. And then I swear to you, she somehow like finds things to wash. Like the I don't think the laundry machine has stopped since she has walked in. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for her, but literally I've never found someone like with more energy than my mom and someone looking for projects. Like right now she's in the baby's room because we're recording this podcast. And I feel like when this is done, the closet will be <laughs> redone. <laughs> like Pretty I much said, everyone needs my mom. In their yeah, life. I was say, uh, <laughs> can she come to my place, please? Thank you. Yeah. I feel like your mom is like the ultimate homemaker. Like she's like savvy. She no. knows literally the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate. Like if there's like a mom award in every category, my mom wins it for sure. It's her. There's no doubt in my mind. And I feel like everyone who knows her would attest to that too. Mm. So actually we're at, we're going to have her on the podcast, which I'm really excited. I'm going to announce it now. So that way she has no choice what to do it because she's a little shy. So stay tuned for next week. We'll be interviewing my mom. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, but this week we have on our friend, Alyssa. Alyssa is a content creator, influencer, and a podcast host with Barstool Sports. Um, she's kind of like an East Coast version of Ray and I, would you say? Mm-hmm. She's super sweet, super fun. Um, and it's so funny because I feel like we actually don't really know her. Right. But like, we think we do because I, of the internet. Yeah. Like we, we talked about this in the episode. We've just known each other through social media, but we've never actually like had a conversation outside of DMS or whatever. Uh, so we're excited to chat to her about, I mean, she has worked in PR and as a content creator and she's just like very business savvy. Like she pitched herself to Barstool and she's going to talk all about this in this episode on how she got their attention and basically is doing what she's doing now. Uh, so she's just a very, savvy business smart woman to listen to and fun to chat to yeah and we also get into the conversation of body acceptance and like how, you know maybe not necessarily loving your body in this moment and wanting to change it and why that's okay too um so i hope you guys enjoy this episode and if you do um make sure to subscribe and leave us a review yes rate and review the podcast should we get into <laughs> it right let's do it How are you? Thanks, guys, for having me. I'm doing good. I was a little hangry, so I ate before <laughs> this. So you're catching me. Um, now, now I'm fine. I was having a moment. Oh my goodness! Oh, Honestly, no <laughs> one would understand the feeling of being hangry better than Ray and I. So you're I in good like company. Next level hangry. I texted Chrissy on the way over. I was like, "Do you need a matcha? I need caffeine." <laughs> so we have our giant matcha here. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I have a green juice. I was um, recording my own podcast. And then I always do this. I like book the studio during lunch hours. I don't know why it just works out that way. And then all of a sudden I was in there from like 12 to 12 to one 30. And then I had something else. And then all of a sudden it's, th- it's 4 PM here on the East coast. I'm like, I haven't eaten lunch. So like right before this, now I did, now I did. So right before this, I did. And now I'm good to go. So you're getting me, you're getting me um, on the upswing of my mood. Okay. Good. Well, we're very, very excited. And I was telling Ray before this, I was like, you know, what's so funny. I feel like Alyssa is one of those people that I feel like I know her, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've hung out before just from being internet friends and seeing all your videos and stories and all that. I'm like, but I actually really don't know that much about you. So I'm so excited for this conversation just to dive deep. And I know Ray, you feel the same, right? Yeah. So we, I actually found you through, I feel like we went viral on TikTok like the same time. And yeah, because I copied you. Okay. So I never told you this. Wait, you did that thing. Okay, so you did this video that was like, you know, TikTok's just everyone copying everyone. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like the trend. Like you start a trend and then everyone do it. That's like the point yeah. of TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were doing similar type of content. So I saw you and we were doing similar type of content. And then I saw you got a video that had like 3 million views where it was you being like, follow me for like curvy, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. So I didn't use your sound. I didn't, I just did my own take on that. Yes. Like follow me for curvy fashion. And mine blew up too. And I also got 3 million views. Wait, that's, that's crazy. And like, it was the TikTok. I was mm-hmm. over on Christina. So I posted yeah, yeah, yeah. it and then I drove over here because we were like working on stuff. And I look at my phone and I'm like, Christina, I have gained a hundred thousand followers in like an hour. And then it just kept going up, kept going up. Like I grew like 200,000 followers in a day. It okay. was me so too. weird. That was me too. It was wild, mm-hmm. but yeah, clearly it's something with that. People were like, yep, we need it. But now I think everyone has done it similar. So now it's okay. We got to think of something new because now it's I like, agree. like, okay, wh- what's new? You, you, you come up with it and then we'll, we'll jump on board. <laughs> and it's so funny because like, I didn't even realize that was why you were getting followers. I just saw I had a lot of views and I was like, oh, I, I post content like this. Let me try, you know, you like as a marketer or like an influencer, like you see what works for people. And then you adapt it to fit you. Totally. So like, uh, that's kind of what I did. And then it like caught on like wildfire. And so that's, what's so funny because your video was like the inspiration between like behind that video of mine. And I think that's how I, I don't know if I was following you before or I saw your video and I was like, Oh my gosh, she's so cool. Because whenever I see like a midsize plus size girl, who's like, has the super trendy, kind of honestly sometimes I feel like I'm like trying to be Gen Z but I'm just embracing it fashion I'm like yeah. you know but like apologize I'm like oh my gosh follow she's so cool I'm like yes we need to be friends <laughs> I feel like that's just like the New York style though you think which is so funny well just like I don't know like we've been wearing you know how everyone's like talking about girls wearing like a middle part straight leg jeans like I've been doing that for two years in New York. Like, I feel like we're just, we dress like street style. That's like kind of more how we dress. Wait, I couldn't agree more. So my whole, fa- I'm from New York and New Jersey. My whole family's there. And I was talking to my sister about this because she's been wearing straight jeans for forever too. And she's in New York. And I was telling her about the middle part. And she was like, Christina, the side part was never in style. And I was like, I know you might be right, actually. She's like, no one in New York has ever worn their hair with the side part. It was just so funny. 
Um, because I feel like we would always like when I shoot with my friends, we would always be like, what's like, we'd be like, what's the vibe? Like we need, like, we just always tried to keep up with like the cutting edge. And it's so funny because now it's like kind of more so popular. And I didn't even like identify as like mid-size until TikTok because I was kind of in this weird like flux between. So I'm like naturally probably like thinner than where I am now. I just like put on weight when I became an entrepreneur and was just like working so much and like being stressed all the time. And then I like, I never really identified that way on Instagram, but then on TikTok, it's video. You can't edit yourself. You, I just like, it kind of like forced me to confront myself a little bit more and be like, okay, I gained weight. Like I can't hide it and just kind of own it. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Rewind. What did you do before? So you're, you were like a full-time content creator. Tell us like your background a little bit. I have like a crazy background. So I, um, also am from New Jersey, by the way, Wait, where are I New grew Jersey? up in New Jersey. Where are you from? Um, Mont- Montville, it's Northern Jersey. Okay. I'm from Edison. So super central. So Edison. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up in New Jersey. I um, went to college in Connecticut and um, like was the queen of internships had like 45 million internships thought that I wanted to go into celebrity styling um, and then quickly learned while I was like interning in fashion at Elle magazine and places like that, that like, eh, I love fashion, but this isn't like people love it more is what I always say. Um And I kind of selected the entertainment aspect of it since I did want to do celebrity styling. So then I got into talent PR. So I worked with rappers, athletes, and did like high-end events doing, you know, the press for red carpets or helping talent, taking people to fashion week, tending to their needs, helping them with press, whatever it may be. And um, after a few years of doing that, I just burnt out because like it's glamorous to work with celebrities, but it's also not like you don't get paid well you're up at events you're in the studio you're just like running around the chicken with your head cut off Mm -hmm. so I um switched to consumer PR so then I was working with brands like Johnson and Johnson and um it was there that I saw that influencers were making like tons of money starting to do campaigns because this was kind of at the start of like paying influencers and I'd always had a blog in college but I had stopped it when I started working full time. And I was like, let me pick it back up. Like I kind of need a hobby because I feel like all I do is work or sleep or work or sleep. So I was like, I need a hobby and I like doing this and I can make money doing this. So I started the blog, um, publicity, which is a play on words with the word, you know, publicity and my nickname list. So it's P-U-B-L-Y-S-S-I-T-Y, publicity, um, for those of you that are listening. And it was there that I started, started making some money, started growing my following. Um, I worked in PR for two years during the time that I was an influencer. And then when I had about 100,000 followers is when I quit my job and became an influencer full time. Okay. And what was that time frame? Like how long ago was that? Um, so I quit my job. I started... I'm trying to, I graduated college in 2013. I started the blog in 2015. I think 2018, I quit PR. So from then, then from 2018 to, to 2021, I was full-time entrepreneur. 
Um, that's when I said, I was like the most stressed putting on weight like that. Those like years of being an entrepreneur were like super chaotic. Um, and I still am that person, but I recently two months ago started a new job. So I'm back in the workforce and I'm working at Barstool Sports hosting my own podcast here. That's so exciting. Wait, tell us a little bit more about Barstool and how that ended up happening. It's like quite the journey. Like I've had so many things. Um, so I had a podcast. Okay. Oh my God. There's so many things that I've done that I'm like, sometimes I try to put it into a timeline and I'm like, what did I do? So when I, okay, to backtrack, when I became a full-time influencer, I was like, I can't only rely on influencer partnerships to be my main source of income because if Instagram goes away tomorrow, what do I have to fall back on? So I was like, I'm going to create a podcast because I loved podcasts and I love pop culture. So I created my podcast. It was called the publicity podcast. It was on air for two years and I interviewed reality stars, um, some influencers and some entrepreneurs, but mostly reality stars. And then I launched my own merch So I had podcasts, I had merch, I had this whole thing going and I had um, been a fan of Barstool since college. I feel like that's where everyone learns about Barstool and I wanted to pitch them a concept for a while, but they had a pop culture podcast on their network and they don't really do like, they're not going to do the same show with a different host, you know, like it just didn't make sense for me to pitch them. And then when I started kind of blowing up on Twitter, on Twitter, oh my God, on TikTok, (laughs) I'm like Twitter. When I started blowing up on TikTok over mid-sized fashion, I kind of had just like this aha moment where I was like, oh, and it was the pandemic where I don't know if you guys felt like this, but I was like, I don't care about celebrities right now because like things in the world are so much heavier. Like 2020 was such a heavy freaking war- like year mm-hmm. that I was like, I feel so mindless in the middle of the pandemic talking about the Kardashians when like there's so much mental health stuff going on. Like I'm doing all the self-work on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I pitched, I decided to create a new podcast concept because I was feeling really uninspired by the old one. And I wanted it to just be like a podcast about like relatable women and girls and female issues and taboo topics. So I crafted a DM to the founder of Barstool Sports, Dave Portnoy. And I pitched him the concepts and he responded like 30 minutes later um okay there has to be like a secret sauce come give us yeah that's give us like your your tip on like your pitch because i'm sure he gets so many dms and yours stood out you know what i mean yeah no it was very strategic what i did and okay so i had listened i knew him i had listened to a podcast with him and he said that he they were t- okay. They were talking about how when someone DMs you, if they have a private profile, all you could see is their little main image. Mm-hmm. So if your main image isn't like a hot girl, he's probably not going to click it. Okay. So I didn't change my image for him, but I happened to obviously you pick a picture that you look good in your little profile okay. picture. So I knew it was me in this like feathery top, pounding my lips. So I'm like, okay, he's going to see it's a girl. Yeah. That's DMing him. And then he's only going to see the first few letters of the DM before you open it. Right. So I made sure that the first sentence was really impactful. So it was something he'd want to open. What was it like? So it was kind of like, like here to see edged. my booze. <laughs> I was like, wait, this could actually be used in a professional setting like you did. But I'm also like, this could work 
um, in a romantic way too. Okay. Taking notes here. No, yeah. Well, no, I, so I started my pitch, but I wanted to be super short, concise. That's like how I like to pitch in general. And I know that he's a very no bullshit type of guy. Mm -hmm. So I started it with hear me out period. Like, so I said, hear me out instead of like, hi, Dave, nice to meet you. How are you? Yeah. You know? So I just said, hear me out. And then I said, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Barstool. I love your podcast, but you are, I call that a flaw in his business model, which is like kind of baldy when you're talking, love that a president. I was like, you are not reaching. There's like untapped potential here. You're not reaching like the relatable everyday female that are talking about periods. I literally use the word period in my pitch. I was like periods and getting ghosted. And like, it's not all glamorous and you need someone that's relatable in your network. And I think I could be that person. And he was like, 30 minutes later, he was like, good intro. And he's like, send me more information. So I emailed him over all of this stuff. And then the next week I was in the office for an in, like a meeting with him and the CEO, who's a female, which people don't realize that the sports network has a female CEO. And then um, two months later, I started here. That's incredible. And I, what I love so much about that, and I know I'm so guilty of this, is that I often feel like before I give myself a chance, I always feel like I have to create, 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 create. You have to prove, proof of concept, proof of concept, mm. to do all this. But sometimes an idea is enough, right? And you just have to have the courage to sell yourself. And I think that so many people are obsessed with this idea of like perfecting something before they bring it to really before they like, try and get an audience out of it. Right. Um, or before they try and sell something. Um, but you kind of were just like, no, this is a good idea. Like you need me and this is why. And then you were able to build something together. Um, so I think that's really, really incredible. That's actually a big piece of advice. I always give people that come to me and they're like, I want to start a blog, but I'm trying to get six months of content and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, you're never going to do it. Mm -hmm. You have to, the people that sit on content for a year or a few months never end up actually launching the blog or the Instagram or the TikTok. You have to create it, do it, learn by trial and error, do test and learn, learn what works, what doesn't work. You have to take chances and be ballsy. And I think I, in my career with everything I've done has been a risk. And I was, I had so much anxiety before I started this job at first. I was like anxiety just over the unknown because here I am an entrepreneur working for myself, really enjoying it to go back into the workforce, going back to an office, having people around me. And I was just like anxious about it, but I heard like an entrepreneur on a podcast say this and it really resonated with me. And he said something along the lines of like, if it doesn't scare you, it doesn't challenge you and it doesn't move the needle. So you just need to do it. And he said that all the big decisions in his life, he was scared for. So I tried to kind of keep that in mind, like throughout the entire process. And that's one thing I did want to ask you, because I know when you like announced on TikTok, um, I saw like someone comment like, okay, wait, you were like an entrepreneur working for yourself, which for a lot of people, that's like, you make it. That's like the end goal. I think so many people now are like, I want to work for myself and be an entrepreneur. But at the same time, maybe it's not like you said, you were, were so stressed, had so much anxiety. Like, do you feel like maybe that wasn't for you or this is another step on your journey? Because I felt like it was kind of like someone was like, why are you going a step back, back kind of right yeah. which that's kind of like oh, um, why would this girl come up by that okay <laughs> but I, I was like damn she's bossy um, too 
I don't feel that way. So first of all, like, even though the being an entrepreneur created so much stress, like I would not want any other job. Like I absolutely love working for myself. And what I like about being here is that I'm still 100% operating. Like I'm under barstool, but I'm operating independently in the sense that I have full creative control. They just are giving me the resources to do what I want. Like no one's told me how to run my podcast. Yeah. No one's told me how to do my content how to do anything. If anything, they're just like, oh, here's a camera person. Here's a a microphone where like I'm running point on every single thing. So I still feel like an entrepreneur and everyone kind of here is like creatives under one roof, which is really interesting. Um, And also like they have such a big audience that I couldn't otherwise reach. So for me, although I was like leaving my brand kind of giving my brand to them. Ultimately, if for me, it was worth it because I could meet their audience. And I want to be one of the people here that's like paving the way for women because it is known to be like a sports company. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like misconception. And unfortunately, a lot of what's out there isn't true. And I get the backlash of that sometimes. Um, but I think I'm like one of the women that's kind of starting to try to change things. So I like being in that position. Do you feel like from your audience, you've had some backlash just working at a male dominated uh, workplace or no? More just on TikTok of people are so opinionated with everything. It's like, so literally today I posted something and someone wrote like, you're part of the problem. Like people are just so nasty with everything. What did you post that? That's it, it, it was me, um, me traveling. And um, like, look, it's, it's not illegal to travel. No. Like there's just little things like I didn't leave my house for a year. So kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally have done nothing. Like I just don't, I have no tolerance for it anymore. It's more just people being like, how could you work at a company like that? Because, but I personally, where I stand is like, don't you want strong women to pave the way in a male dominated industry or company? Mm-hmm. So if I have to take like backlash for being that person that's kind of ridiculous you should be you should be like wow good for you for working with men you know what I'm saying I don't know I just think I try not to get too hung up on it because I'm like these people just don't understand what I'm about if you think that it's anything other than like positivity and happiness and encouraging other women Right. And I didn't know, I didn't, I don't, this is kind of embarrassing. I like, of course I've heard of Barstool, but I didn't really know that much about it. Like I've never, (laughs) so I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, like you said, you're basically, you're like a trailblazer. You pointed out, this is what you're missing. Um, I'm going to fill it and like be that voice for the audience that they're completely missing and changing it. So I think that's amazing. Also, I love Barstool and I love Dave Portnoy. He's yeah, his smart. pizza reviews. Yeah, and just like mm-hmm. his no bullshit attitude. No, it, exactly. And it's it's cool to it's cool to work for a company like that. Um, where like I said, a lot of the leadership actually it is women. Um, so yeah, again, I'm kind of just doing my own thing. Like my podcast is just it's about girly shit. Like it's so far from sports, which is like so funny. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just like me. Like I did this video on TikTok the other day where I asked men around the office about different like female objects and like what period cups were and like asked them their opinions. And it's just like so funny to kind of bring that side of me to things. Cause I'm just gonna be myself. 
Yeah, I loved that one. And I think you did one where you asked like the guys about certain trends or something. Yeah. And it was just so funny because I, Christine and I both, I mean, you have Steve, but I'm like not really around men that much normally because especially before, Same. I'm not really around that many people because of the pandemic, but before that, like I, I'm only around women on set, everything like very rare to men come in. And I'm just was like living for you coming ah. in and being like, okay, look at this. Like what the, what is this? A period cup. I was kind of surprised by how many of them knew it. <laughs> and I loved their energy. I know, me too. I know. I was like, guys, congratulations. It's, I was joking with one of the guys today because I'm like, I single-handedly am going to be responsible for getting you laid. Because <laughs> everyone was done. They were like, we stand Nick. He's such a woke king. Like, people were like loving him because he knew what a, a diva cup was. And I was like, he's like, yeah, for the first time in my life, I got like requests from women on Instagram. Oh my gosh, you were like <laughs> the barstool wing woman. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. So I'm hooking everyone up apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you have any fears though about working in a male dominated space? Um, yeah, I, I know that, um, the following base tends to be pretty harsh to say the least. Um, which they have been to an extent just by, um, like harsh in what sense? Is it like harsh? Just like some of the, it's like, it's like dudes. So people, I was like, eh, maybe I'll get some criticism because I'm talking about girly things on yeah. a sports network, but I kind of expected that. Um, but the response actually has been like really overwhelmingly positive, like 99% super positive. And I really had no expectations coming in. I was like, let me just see what it's like. I'm like a big risk taker in career in life. Like I like to move a lot. I mean, and by move a lot, I mean like within the city, just in <laughs> new apartments. So I'm not like moving abroad, but like, I don't like, I welcome change. You know what I mean? Like I switched jobs five times. I moved apartments five times in five years. Like I'm always just kind of like bopping around. Um, no, I think that's important. I kind of feel like that too. I, at least I used to think about that. And then I realized that I've been in LA for 10 years now and I was in the same place for nine of those. So I'm like, mm, maybe not so much anymore, but in my yeah. mind, I'm always like on Zilla thinking about the next place I'm moving to. So in a sense, I know, I feel it's that. so crazy. Also, one is your, sorry, I was going to ask you a question. Is your husband from New Jersey too? He's from Staten Island, New York. I always like look at you guys and I'm like, I just need like a Jersey husband. Uh, <laughs> Girl, I've been trying to find like a Steve 2.0 since I met Christina. I'm like, doesn't Steve have friends? Like, does he have any? Yeah, like any friends. Oh my gosh. Thanks guys. Oh, um, you got a good one. Well, when we come back to New Jersey, maybe you can hang out and I'll ask him to bring some of his yeah, friends. You guys go on a double date. Um, yeah, no, I wanted to say something that I love about your content on TikTok, especially is that I feel like you do a lot of different things. Right. And for me, um, something I keep hearing about TikTok is like, you have to be as niche as possible. You have to be as niche as possible, but I don't think you're that niche, right? Because everything is your lifestyle, right? You talk about a lot of different things, but you talk mm -hmm. about celebrity and pop culture. And then you're talking about mid-sized fashion and then you're doing vlogs. Right. Um, and I kind of feel like for me, like you're one of the accounts that I look at that I'm like, no, like I, who, who the hell is making up all these rules because she's not following them and she's doing great. So kind of, can you give us like, um, like what's your, the method to your madness when it comes to creating content? 
Well, it is a double-edged sword because sometimes those videos don't do well. Like when I talk about mid-sized fashion, those videos do super well or just fashion in general. Mm-hmm. But as I've started um, with the new career path, I'm not talking about fashion as much anymore because of just like contracts that I have, like where I can't really be posting all these brands, if I have a sponsor, you know how it is when you're working with like, like, let's say you have a deal with ASOS, you can't be promoting a competitor, you know? So I've been having more trouble because I can't post as much fashion. Um, So I've been just posting people really like my New York city content, which I enjoy doing. I love the daily blogs and New York city content. But the thing is like, I do notice that the algorithm wants me to be in one niche. Like it rewards certain content but I just like don't let it define me I'm like I don't care if this video tanks like I'm still posting it because there's an off chance that it might go viral like you just don't know I posted a podcast clip with someone from the bachelor and it did well but that has nothing to do with fashion so I just kind of marched to my own drum on TikTok even though I do agree that when you are within one niche your content performs better but I never want to like, I never want to put myself in a bucket. Like even when I started my blog or my Instagram years ago, I was like, I'm not just, just going to talk about fashion. I'm going to talk about travel, beauty, lifestyle, dating, food, like whatever comes to me. So I think it's, as long as you do a mix, like give the people what they want, but then start introducing them to some newer concepts. I love that. Yeah. I think it's like, I get bored. I'm like, I have so much of the other stuff to talk about. I'm like, I don't want to just do the same thing. And I mean, like Christina said, I think you do a good job at showcasing, like you are your niche. It is like you. And then like you're, you got your New York, you got your, you like reality TV, you do that. And then the midsize fashion is probably like, you know, the head honcho of your content and then sprinkle that other stuff in. Um, but yeah. it's been cool to see you like just grow and absolutely kill it on there. Thank you. Yeah. TikTok's a beast of a platform, except I've been, so like I hit half a million followers like in January and now I've been at like 500,000, whatever, 510,000 followers for three months. Like now nothing's moving. It's like I gain some, then I lose some, then I gain some, then I lose some. And it's just kind of like, sometimes as a creator, you guys know, like I feel like Instagram stifled us for years <laughs> by the algorithm, not allowing people to grow. And now I'm like, is TikTok now not allowing me to grow either? But I think it's probably because I'm not posting within my niche, mm. but I'm just, I don't care. Like, it is what it is. If a video takes off at this point, it does. If it doesn't, I try not to beat myself up over it. Um, although I do put pressure on myself. Like I didn't post a TikTok today. I try to at least post once or twice a day. And I'm like, oh, great. I didn't post anything today. Don't it's sweat just it. a lot. <laughs> oh, it's a lot. What are your thoughts on um, social media and like that pressure and its association with mental health? Because I know for me, right? Like I sorry, like, how do you, sorry, you cut out a little, do you mind asking that again? Yeah. Editor, can you cut that out? <laughs> um, <laughs> what is your association with TikTok and, um, just a content creation schedule and how it relates to mental health? Do you feel like, um, the pressure to constantly create content affects the way you feel about yourself or, or do you not associate the two? I don't really do the comparison game, which I think most influencers do from having friends within the industry where they're like, she got this and I didn't, or she, you know, 
or she's skinnier than me. She's prettier than me. I don't really do that with other people because I don't really consume other people's content on Instagram, mostly just TikTok now. I like just find myself looking at Instagram stories and not even looking at the feed. Um, it all is self-pressure. Mm-hmm. Like I look at I look at my own analytics and I pressure myself to do better against myself which is like probably like really unhealthy and why I'm in therapy, but it's like, I'm really hard on myself versus like being like, Oh, you're doing this and I'm not. It's like, Oh, like how I just said to you, like, Oh, I didn't post today. Like I'm really hard on myself to always be successful and like moving the needle and doing the next big thing. And um, the one thing that I've noticed that hasn't been great on my mental health that I'm working on is my podcast episodes come out on Tuesday. So what I've been doing, which is really probably unhealthy is if I get a lot of messages on Tuesday of people being like, I loved this episode that validates me to be like, wow, that was a great episode. If it's a slow day and I don't get that many DMS on like the episode tanked, no one liked it. And it's like, I've been, I identified that within myself and I'm trying to work on like, I don't need other people to validate me that like, I'm good at podcasting. So it affects my mental health in that regard. Could not relate more. I think I am very much like you where I put so much pressure on myself and also really struggle with like outside validation. And I need to just like get over that. And I'm also started there. I also started therapy in 2020 and I'm like, why did this take me so long? This is incredible <laughs> and mm-hmm. much needed. But yeah, it's like pressure that we put on ourselves. And I feel like you, you've been in that same space too, Christina. Oh my gosh. 100%. I've realized, um, and I realized it so much this past year that a lot of my confidence and a lot of my self-worth, I think is related to how successful I am. Um, and it took a lot for me to say that 100 to realize that. And it doesn't even matter what I'm doing because when I was working in retail, right? that wasn't like my dream job. That's not where I wanted to be. But if I was like the number one in sales, then I felt empowered by it. Um, and even on, so with the same translates to like jobs and content creation and all that. And it really is a lot and it's a lot of pressure and it's all pressure that I put on myself. Like literally no one's putting that on me. Um, so maybe I need a therapist too, cause I've never spoken to anyone. Um, but I think that that pressure is a good thing. And I guess it could be a bad thing too, right? Yeah. And it's funny you just said that because I just had like an awakening like two weeks ago, not brought on by anything. Like I was like literally sitting in my apartment because before I got this job, I put so much pressure on myself because from the pitching process to content, the contract was signed was two months. Mm-hmm. For those two months, I was That's sick stressful. over it. What if, <laughs> what if they pull out of the contract? What if I negotiate too high? And they, like, I was literally sick over it, just feeling like it was a once in a lifetime opportunity, which it is. And I, I don't want to take that for granted. But I had this moment now that I have the job, now that I feel like I'm successful enough where I was like sitting in my apartment the other day, and I, I said this to my therapist too, where I was just kind of like, my job doesn't define me. Like, why am I putting so much my entire life? Exactly. Like you said, mm-hmm. anything I did, I had to be so good at, I had to succeed. It comes from a place of like, I think I was always a really bad student. So I felt like people thought I was dumb because I wasn't a good student. Um, so a big insecurity of mine is trying to prove to people that I'm smart because I always felt like I wasn't. 
That's so, so funny you say that because based- when I just have, have I've seen you, I'm like, this girl is smart. You are business savvy. I'm like, she freaking knows her stuff. Like I was like, she is business savvy, smart. Like she's going places and has been places. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, now, now I could say confidently that I do think I'm smart. Am I book smart? Hell no. Don't give me anything to memorize, <laughs> but I, I, am business savvy. And I, I do think I'm intelligent. And I did it for so many years because like I said, I was like a CD student. And, um, it's just funny because just recently I was thinking like, I, if I was insecure in the past, I would want to lead with like, if I was meeting a guy, like slip in there somehow that I'm an influencer, like in a humble way, but just be like, Oh yeah, like I'm an influencer. Or like now, if I were still that way, it would be like, yeah, I work at Barstool Sports. Cause like any guy will go crazy over that. Now I'm like, fuck that. I don't want you to know where I work. I don't want you to care about the fact that I have followers. Like I just want you to like me for me. And like the job is a bonus. If you like, you have to obviously support it, but like not leading with my career. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like I was doing that a lot in dating and attracting the wrong type of guy. That's so interesting that you say that because with my experience, the second I say I'm an influencer or anything, men are not interested. Well, that's why I was attracting the wrong type of guy. I was <laughs> attracting like an egotistical oh. type of guy that wanted to date a girl with followers. Oh yeah. Oh, that sounds disgusting Dang, to me. Girl. No offense. Disgusting. Disgusting. It's awful. Oh my gosh. That's really interesting though. One thing I wanted to ask you that you, t- you mentioned earlier, this is kind of bouncing all over the place, but um, mm-hmm. you said that you, um, you didn't start as like a, a midsize or, or talking about your size and then you had gained weight and then you like, were like, Oh, on TikTok it's like video. This is it. Like, um, this is me. And then you were just being your authentic self. And honestly, people recognize that. Um, mm-hmm. but what was that, what was that like for you? Because I think Christine and I come from a different place where we've been talk, we've always been like plus size talking about it from, from that perspective. Um, so I think what was that like where you were like kind of that transition? Yeah. So I've always been career in the sense that like, even at the age of like 18, I had double D boobs, like I'm curvy naturally, but I was like a four with big boobs. Mm -hmm. So it's different because I think my weight gain really started happening when I transitioned um, jobs and became an entrepreneur. I honestly think a lot of it had to do with stress and like inflammation and all the shit that I've talked to doctors about. I think for me, like when I first started gaining the weight, I was just like face tuning my photos and like trying to like look like my old self. Cause I did at one point look like that. And then I think also it was this cycle of like losing the weight, gaining it, losing the weight, gaining it, which just like completely shot my metabolism which like now, like, I really don't eat poorly. Like I should lose weight based on what I eat, but like, I don't, because I shot my metabolism probably from yo-yo dieting. Um, so it's kind of, I got to this point, like a little bit before TikTok, but also during it where I was just kind of like, this is who I am. When I go to an event, people are going to see what I look like. Like it is what it is. And I slowly started doing things where like I stopped like editing my photos, stopped using filters on my stories because I don't want, like I started noticing that when I was using filters on my stories, it was actually starting to convince me that I had a big nose. And like, I've never been known to have a big nose in my entire life. Like I have a small nose and in it's like getting a little bigger as I get older, but that just happens with age. But like, 
always growing up, it was small. And then I was using these filters that was making it thin, mm-hmm. so thin and so contoured. And then when I was not in the filter, I'd be like, I kept saying to my sister, Jackie, my nose grew. And she's like, your nose didn't grow. And then I'd be like, be honest, just tell me the truth. It did it get really big. It was literally messing with my mind, these filters, because I thought I had a big nose all of a sudden when I didn't. So just like little things like that just started happening where I was like, okay, no more filters on Instagram stories, stopped using filters on my photos, like cut out the face tune. Like, I'm not going to say I never use it, but like not to the extent that I was and just like started like owning who I was more and just trying to like make peace with myself. And, um, I'm not like happy with my weight right now because again, I'm not, I was, I'm not meant to be this size. Like I'm still kind of trying to like find my set weight. That's just like healthiest for me, but it's a process and like I'm working on it and it's unfortunately been slower than I'd like. I mean, I think it's good to like, like you recognize, like this is a, you're on a journey and like, you're like, you stop trying to, like you said, edit yourself smaller or whatever. You're like, this is just who I am. And by like doing that, you're going to inspire other people. And like, especially with the filter thing, I don't know why I've never really used filters that much and I don't really use them, but like, I've seen so much more stuff around this conversation. And it's like, Oh yeah, of course. Like if you're looking at yourself every single day on stories with a filter, like it's going to make you all. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and everyone, I think on this like journey of like self-acceptance, we're all in like different places. And I think like hearing your story is so many people are going to relate to that who have maybe gone through, you know, a similar situation Um, because we're all in different places on this journey of like self-acceptance. And I think sometimes I personally, and maybe this is me, I'm like, oh, like, am I like beating a dead horse by like saying like, I don't even know, but sometimes I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, "Eh, am I beating a dead horse here? But we're all in different places and people still need to hear it. No, I think that's so important. And I think it's really interesting because obviously Ray and I talk a lot about self-love and body acceptance, but I think that there's this misconception that like, you can like love your body you can accept your body, appreciate your body, but you could still want to change your body and not be totally happy. And I think that's okay to say. And I think I sometimes go on Instagram and I see all these posts and I guess I'm guilty of it too, but I always try and come from a place of like, if you want to change your body, you do it for you and you do it how you want to do it. And you Mm -hmm. do it coming from a place of like self-love and acceptance and not because you're doing it because you feel like that's what society wants. Right. Um, But I I do think that there's a lot of people out there that like, if you say you want to lose weight or you say you want to change your body, that like, you're almost like, how dare you say that? Like you're almost a traitor to the movement. And I just think that's some effing bullshit. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, people should feel encouraged to do whatever is best for them. Um, So I love that you're leading by that example. Yeah. And I also think like, I, I say that exact same thing. Like you're allowed to accept where you are right now, but want to make tweaks because I want to be healthier. And that means being stronger and building muscle. And that means toning up. And like that all means losing weight, but that doesn't also mean that you can't accept yourself or dress how you want or love yourself. Um, I think obviously it's easier said than done. I think every 
person like the three of us that's out there preaching these messages, I'm sure there's days where we have negative self-talk and don't like the way we look and feel negative and pick ourselves apart. I sure do. Um, but I think you just like put one foot in front of the other every day and make that choice to try to be kind to yourself. Um, it's definitely something I'm trying to work on in terms of self-talk because I do beat myself up and, uh, um, like that's another thing that I'm working with my therapist on back to being hard on myself. She says, I'll use language where I'll be like, yeah, I had a good day. And then I had a bad day. She's like, why are you punishing yourself for like good and bad or you win and lose or, you know, like just the language I use is like, I failed. Mm. So I'm trying to like kind of recraft my language around things, um, to help encourage myself. Oh my gosh, this is so interesting. So I've been thinking a lot about the way I speak and the language I say to myself. And the reason I started thinking about that is because I've been doing some research on how you should speak to kids and I have a newborn son. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's one thing that like I've, I, so I actually saw it on TikTok um, where they said, you shouldn't tell a kid like, oh, um, I'm so proud of you. You should tell them, wow, you should be so proud of yourself because you don't need to like mm-hmm. do anything to make other people proud. You don't need to do things for anyone else. It should be like how you hold yourself. And anyways, and as I've been like consciously trying to use those words with my son who doesn't understand a single thing I'm saying, um, <laughs> it's been doing a lot more work for me. <laughs> He's like literally three months. He like stares at me like, who are you? Um, and Christine, you're like having an epiphany over here. Yes, like, oh my I, gosh. Yes, I really am over it because I'm like, wow, that little shift in the way that you talk to yourself or the way you think about things can make such a big difference huge difference. And that's something that I've been working on and you forget, but it's just about checking in with yourself. Like if you're like, Oh, why did I eat that? It's like, no, I ate that. I enjoyed it moving on. Like, you know, you just like think instead of like punishing yourself, because I think that's one of the things that I do. It's almost like self-sabotage or something, you know, it's we're all like our own worst enemies sometimes. So you just have to be kind to yourself and it, it's, easier said than done because I think we all tend to kind of be our own biggest critics. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, I think leave the filters behind, leave the face tune behind. We are freaking <laughs> amazing, sexy goddesses as is. And I think that, yeah, we don't, we don't need it. And I'm glad that this conversation is like still happening because obviously I think what I've seen too on TikTok is like the younger, it's like younger generation is still like so engrossed in this and talking about things like this and showing things like this has such a big impact. And I know TikTok definitely can have be, you know, problematic when it comes to body image stuff and yada, yada, yada. But there are some things where I'm like, there are so many trends that I think I'm like, okay, that's actually cool where people are showing like, you know, the sick and tired of the Photoshop where it's like, oh my gosh, you have armpit hair. Like I have like my bikini line is like completely freaking Kendall Jenner oh my status. Gosh, I was thinking about that image too. I was like, what? I know. <laughs> um, wait, Alyssa, I need to ask you, right? Because you obviously worked in PR for so long, right? And I think that mm-hmm. this one thing I struggle with is like pitching myself and selling myself. And I think that's the thing that people struggle with the most, no matter what their career is. Um, do you have any tips to formulating the perfect elevator pitch? I think my pitching style, and it doesn't work for everyone, but my pitching style is short, sweet, to the point. Who It's introduction, who you are, 
what you can offer and what you want in return is what I like to say. So, you know, if it was me, I'm Alyssa Amoroso. I'm a, I'm, let's pretend I'm still a fashion influencer. I'm Alyssa Amoroso. I'm a fashion influencer. I talk about mid-sized fashion. Here's a video that went viral that got 3 million views. I'd love to do something similar with your brand. Um, do you have a budget for influencer partnerships? Done. Like, you know, set, tell them who you are, what you want from them, send a results or a metric and then sign off. I'm just, I hate, as a publicist, I hated getting the 90 paragraph long emails. I'm so-and-so, I travel here, I do this. I'm just skimming the whole thing, looking for what's the punchline? What do you want from me? People want to know what you're looking for. So for me, for pitching, it's like, just bullet it out, say it quickly. And then if they want more information, they'll ask for more information versus you giving front loading everything. And then the biggest part of pitching is following up. So follow up two, three times before you consider it a dead lead. You follow up, you say, hi, checking back in. I know I emailed you about a, you know, let's say it's a, um, a curvy swimwear brand. I know that you're trying, I know that you're recently promoting your new curvy swimwear line. This curvy video that I posted for a different brand talking about swimwear actually just got 200,000 views. You could see it here, would love to connect. So following up with the targeted metric that has to do with what you're pitching in the first place. So really just catering what you're doing and providing results and clear information, short and concise. That's, that's the, the sauce for me. And I feel like that could be applied to um, all industries as well. Not if you're listening and you're not a content creator um, and you're applying for a new job. Don't forget to follow everything. Up. Yeah. Anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just be concise. Like I'm telling you how many emails do we all get where you're like, what's this about even partnership emails I'm read or an event invite. I'm reading the whole thing, just skimming it, trying to be like, what, what it's a whole lot of words saying nothing. Mm -hmm. You're like, where's the important part? What yeah, is this here? <laughs> you highlight it. Yeah. So I try, even sometimes I'll bold a part that's like important this is what I want, you know? No, it's so funny. And the follow-up I think is probably the most important message because I always talk to my little brother about this. He was um, applying for jobs and he wasn't hearing back. I'm like, did you follow up? He's like, no, I emailed them last week. I'm like, okay, you need to follow up and you need to follow up literally until you hear no, because at that point it's still a no. Do you know what I mean? So you might as well just keep asking if it's something that you really want until they tell you no, because otherwise there's still a chance. And I everything I do, I follow up 95 times. Mm -hmm. I'm like thinking, my I actually, I'm like, oh, I need to follow up on this. I need to <laughs> <laughs> I honestly attribute like most of my success to like following up. I'm not even kidding. Like most of the jobs that I got, like I will not let a lead die. I love that. That's good advice. I'm, follow up yeah. relentlessly. Amazing. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us on like, we got, we touched a lot of things today. <laughs> oh my God. Good. I'm like, I could talk all day. So I'm happy that I was able to provide some insight that hopefully people find helpful. Yeah. Oh we appreciate it so much. And I feel like for our listeners, obviously Ray and I are based on the West coast, but I feel like Alyssa, you're like our New York city sister over there. I know. I can't wait to have you guys on my podcast in a few weeks. Um, we'll have to schedule it because yeah, I know. I just love connecting with other women and I feel like 
we're stronger together, you know? Oh, yes. This will be our first podcast swap. Ah! We're so excited. excited. Thank you so much, girl. Wait, before you leave, tell everyone where they can find you. So my podcast is called Tea with Publicity. Again, P-U-B-L-Y-S-S-I-T-Y. It is on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. I also have an Instagram for it, Tea with Publicity. My main account is just publicity spelt the same way. So when in doubt, just go there and you can find everything through (laughs) that. And then my TikTok is also just publicity guys it's literally just publicity on everything basically (laughs) amazing easy perfect well thank thank you you so much it was so good to chat to you and yeah we'll we'll see you soon when we do our podcast and also i'm i love it i'm gonna hang out with you in new york and i'm gonna make steve bring a friend yeah please please. (laughs) wait i'm kind of jealous like what i want to (laughs) come well when it's not pandemic times i come to la a lot so i'll also probably be there so Mm -hmm. Done. I love it. All right. Bye, girl. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com, and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories. And don't forget to tag us.